Hello, everyone. Welcome to the February edition of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. Over the next month, I'm going to take a deep dive into the role of human resources in fully operationalizing a best practices compliance program. Each day, I will pick up one topic with three key takeaways, which you can utilize to improve, enhance, or upgrade your compliance program. This series of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Sales Incentives and Compliance. In the guidance issued by the Department of Justice under Incentives and Disciplinary Measures, it's stated, Incentive System. Has the company considered the implications of its incentives and rewards on compliance? How does the company's incentivize compliance and ethical behavior? Have there been specific examples taken, i.e. promotions or awards denied, as a result of compliance and ethics considerations? Who determines the compensation, including bonuses, such as discipline and promotion of compliance personnel? When considering how a company could use incentives to further a compliance program and the role in HR in this process, we should also consider how incentives might lead to the converse, as they did in the now infamous Wells Fargo account, fraudulent account scandal. When you misalign these two concepts with a faulty sales strategy, it can lead to catastrophic failure, literally costing the company millions of dollars in fines, loss of business, and depreciation of shareholder value. The sales incentives under Wells Fargo came to grief in a simple and even benign cross-selling of products. After all, large banks cross-sell their clients all the time, and nobody seems to blink an eye at the cross-selling of McDonald's engages in every time you buy a Big Mac when the sales representative asks if you would like fries with that hamburger. Yet there are other reasons for engaging in this type of business practice. Each and every time a company has a touch point, particularly a commercial touch point with a business, it strengthens a relationship. At Wells Fargo, what started off as a legitimate, legal, and beneficial business strategy became not only high risk, but also illegal because of the manner in which Wells Fargo administered its approach to cross-selling. As with any sales initiative, if a company wants to push it, it will set the incentives up for the sales team to engage in such behavior. This can be done by increasing commissions around the service of the product being emphasized, such as banking products. Companies can also increase sales by making clear that you will be evaluated on you how you sell or product or service. In other words, whether you receive a bonus, pay raise, or even keep your job will be evaluated in some part on how you cross-sell. You can even have a hybrid of this, which may be the worst of all worlds. At Wells Fargo, employees were evaluated for continuing employment by supervisors on cross-selling. Yet they did not receive the same financial incentives as supervisors. Branch managers and supervisors could receive bonuses up to $10,000 per month for meeting cross-selling quotas when employees who hit their monthly quotas received, in addition to continued employment, $25 gift cards. What about variable compensation? This is compensation based on a several factors such as total sales to a region, sales in a product line, or sales within a group. Some of the questions you might ask are, does your 
what does your bonus program consist of? Is it corporate performance-based? Is it group performance-based? Is it personal, as in eat what you kill? Or is it some combination or all of the above? A variable system can lead to ethics and compliance failures as well. One reason could be similar to Wells Fargo. Very high goals, but no directions for employees on how to get there. A lack of communication between management and line employees, meaning there was real fear from employees to inform their supervisors of bad news. Conversely, it could be a supervisors who do not want to hear such bad news. And if your company has a singular focus on the numbers, meaning that the single judge of your worth as an employee is those numbers. Answering some or all of these questions can help you can help you understand the, how the design of your incentive plan and allow monitoring of incentive plans to identify underlying risks that may occur leading to compliance violations. Whatever your incentive structures, there will be employees who try to game the system. <clears throat> Some will try to do it with a tacit or explicit approval of management. Yet, as CEO, you may be required to act. So what are today's three key takeaways? Wells Fargo is really the best example of a benign sales system that can be skewed. This can be skewed in many different ways. It can be skewed when senior management emphasizes this above and beyond everything else. It can be skewed when management makes it not simply a term and condition of your employment, but a condition of your continued employment. At Wells Fargo, it was so bad that employees who hit 100% of the plan, that simply was not enough. You had to hit 120% of your plan to continue your employment. And if you didn't hit 120% of your plan, there were examples of Wells Fargo employees being terminated. If 120% of your plan is the mandatory amount to hit, then that's 100%. And obviously, that's something that Wells Fargo used to make a benign incentive system become very skewed. Two, a sales incentive program can become high risk or illegal if or illegal if not properly monitored. And this, once again, was certainly an example from Wells Fargo that the monitoring was simply around sales. It was not about how the sales were accomplished. Wells Fargo eventually put some tactics in, but of course it was too late. And finally, there must be alignment between strategy, purpose, and structure of your incentive system. And this is often the difference between what makes a good one and differentiates it from a bad one going forward. So Wells Fargo's continues to teach. Thank you for joining me on this exploration of the role of HR in a best practices and fully operationalized compliance program on the February edition of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.